Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Getting Down and Wordy podcast ad. What do we do on this podcast? Well, it's the first at a musical podcast. Can you try that again in real words so that people can understand? Fine. We talk about the intersection of popular music and language. Oh, can we also talk about Eurovision? Okay. Find us on Apple and Spotify. We are a Podmoth Network podcast. Welcome to Bad Acts Podcast. I'm your co-host, Aaron. And I'm your host, Danielle. Bad Acts is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. You can support the show and get over a year's worth of bonus episodes over at patreon.com backslash Pod. Must be getting close to two years by now of bonus content. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of bonus content. Yeah, it's, it's so much, y'all. Like, it's super great value. You also get ad-free episodes that are early, and there's a link in our show notes. Membership started just $1. Seriously, go check it out. You'll love yourself for doing it. Treat yourself. Okay, sorry. Uh, you can also support the show for free by leaving us a positive review and by telling a friend about us. Now, on to today's case. But before we do, you may notice that I am still guest hosting the podcast. Danielle's voice is getting much better, but still a little bit on the mend. Yeah, I can almost talk, you guys. Listen, I can sort it. I can say some words. Yeah, you can tell it's getting better. Before you know it, she's going to be back, and I will be back to my co-hosting duties, and you guys will all be much happier because she is awesome and the best. All right, on to the case enough delays and tangents from Aaron. Today, we are going to Colerain Township, Ohio. Colerain Township is northwest of Cincinnati, and it's a small city with about 60,000 residents. Fun fact, when I was looking for photos and tidbits about Colerain Township, I noticed that the picture for them on Hotels.com is a spooky cemetery, which I found amusing. Sorry, Aaron is reading my words right now, so it's weird. Uh, but <laughs> I thought it was hysterical because, like, I mean, I am I love me a good spooky cemetery, but it's just, like, not what you expect to see as their main photo on Hotels.com. Yeah, it is weird to, to lead with the cemetery. You know, like, most yeah. towns would lead with, like, a nice forest or, like, the town center uh-huh. or... And they're just like, boom, cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah, although, like, like you said, you love cemeteries, so that's probably really, yeah. really very interesting. One yeah. time, one more... Quick fun fact, on a murder mystery show that I was on, because I do murder mystery theater, for those of you who don't know, they had booked us at a hotel, and our show was in the morning. So I got up the next morning, and we had gotten in town at night. And I opened the window, like the curtain, and right outside the window, like in the next parking lot, was not a parking lot, it was a cemetery. Which is crazy when you're doing a murder mystery show. Yeah, yeah, really. I was like, oh my gosh, did they plan this? They did not plan it. It just worked out. (laughs) Anyway, quaint Colerain Township is where we're landing for a story that is going to have a lot of twists, and I don't think you'll see where it's going. On Christmas Eve 2015, 19-year-old Cheyenne Willis, 
who lived in Col... Coleraine, sorry. Okay. I wrote Coltrane. Um, for those of you who are wondering why Aaron was like, what is this? Um, I should have just edited it out, but I'm leaving it because <laughs> I did write Coltrane. All right. Who lived in Coleraine. Experienced the trauma that few people endure. I feel bad now because the next word is trauma. And I was laughing about Coltrane. I apologize. <laughs> that Christmas Eve, she'd gone with her boyfriend, Quincy Gardner, to Forest Fair Village Mall in Forest Park, Ohio. Gardner told her that they were supposed to be getting money from his brother. But when they got to the mall, Gardner turned on her. According to Cheyenne, her boyfriend grabbed her, yanking her from the car. Then a group of five girls launched themselves at her. After tying her hands behind her back, the girls beat and robbed Cheyenne, but that's not all. They also shaved her head and wrote things on her forehead. Yeah, they wrote their names on her forehead. Wow. So it's like signing a confession for the cops. Like, hi, I did this. You would think. I, 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 we're going we're gonna to learn more, y'all. All right. After the attack, the group all fled in various vehicles, leaving Cheyenne helpless on the ground. Luckily, a decent guy found her and called for help. Cheyenne filed a police report and named two of her attackers, Gardner and a girl named Cheyenne Fisher. At first, it looked like she might get justice. Officers arrested the pair on Christmas Day on suspicion of robbery, but charges didn't go anywhere. Shockingly, the attackers actually filmed the entire incident. Wow. Okay. Later, posting it on social media. Instead of this evidence helping Cheyenne get justice, it only led to more bullying. You can still see pictures from the attack online, and Cheyenne looks so frightened. It's really sad. Also, editorial note, don't go look at that. No. <laughs> it was in some of the articles about her her incident, and so they had, like, still shots in the video. Yeah. And it was so sad. Like, she looked so scared. Yeah. And... It's just wild to me that not only did they film it, they put it online, and the people were, like, laughing at her and calling her names instead of being horrified. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, how do you watch somebody get assaulted like that and be like, ha-ha, that's so funny? <laughs> that's just, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, it's really mean, but that is bad. This is not even the main part of the story, you guys. It's just, it'll be relevant later. But this is kind of like an appetizer to the horrible crimes that will occur. It's the prologue to the rest yes, of the story. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Later, Cheyenne Fisher. This that's, is a new Cheyenne. That's the villain Cheyenne yeah, who helps with the attack. That's not mm -hmm. good Cheyenne. Yeah. <laughs> Claimed that she attacked Cheyenne because she borrowed her car a month prior and didn't return it in a timely manner. If that's true, though, you report the car stolen, y'all. You don't, you don't attack someone, but okay, whatever, right? <laughs> I just appreciate Aaron trying to read my sarcastic, but okay. <laughs> Look, I, I, I know Danielle's sarcasm even in print. Like I, yeah, I, just, I you don't attack someone, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but, okay, whatever. <laughs> like whatever. That seems like a questionable decision here. Yeah. Like she brings all of her friends over there to do this horrible assault and film it, and she's like, "Well, she borrowed my car for too long." Like, if someone borrows your car for it and doesn't take it back, that is stealing. Yeah. You just, you report that as a crime. Yeah. And then they go to jail. But instead, yeah. when you attack them, you go to jail. Or you should go to jail. Yeah. You should go to jail. Apparently, there's going to be some shenanigans that we're mm -hmm. going to get to. All right. The incident took a heavy mental toll on Cheyenne. She went from being a 19-year-old with a job at Amazon, a boyfriend, and friends, to being too afraid to leave her house. She quit her job and stopped going out. 
Her shaved head really upset her because it affected her self-esteem, which makes sense. And people were cyberbullying her. Yeah, which also does not help the self-esteem. Mm-mm. Yeah. Despite the video evidence, Cheyenne never got justice for this attack, but it would hardly be the last time she found herself at the center of a crime. How do you not get justice, though? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's video evidence. Yeah. I mean, people, like, signed, literally signed their work, which is disgusting, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did. I mean, like... Are, are the cops here unsolved mysteries cops? Is that what's I don't know. Well, happening? they had a grand jury. So is the grand jury are the ones who didn't indict. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's not the cops' fault. Yeah. The cops um, technically didn't do the... I mean, I don't know what... Maybe they didn't investigate. I don't know what the grand jury saw. Yeah. Maybe they didn't see the video. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. But they actually did have a, dran, a grand jury convene, and they just didn't indict them. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's real bullshit. All right. So... Let's move on to July 2017. Mm-hmm. Cheyenne, now 21, was celebrating a big moment in her life. A few months earlier, she made a big announcement to her family. She was pregnant and ready to become a mom. By June, she was ready to learn the gender of her baby and planned a party to celebrate with her family and friends. On July 8, 2017, Cheyenne and her guests gathered at a house at 9917 Capstan Drive in Colerain Township to celebrate the baby and find out the sex. About 30 people attended the party, which started at around 4 p.m. in the afternoon. One of those relatives was 22-year-old Autumn Garrett, who lived in Andrews, Indiana, with her husband Brian and their kids, Brian Jr. and Layla. I think it's just Leia. Sorry, Leia. <laughs> it's spelled wrong. It's not spelled oh, like sorry. it's not spelled like Star Wars, y'all. It's spelled it's spelled wrong. It's a tragedy, as as Danielle and I like to say. <laughs> Look, Aaron's just going at it. I have a feeling, Aaron, <laughs> that you are going to regret making fun of Leia's name. Oh no, no, no! Don't tell me that. Am I the asshole? Jesus! Oh. <laughs> You're not an ass. Okay. No. Look, I, I feel I feel bad now because I I, I can see what where this is going and I feel terrible. Um, so let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> earlier that day, the family went to a wedding and they were continuing their day of family events. Autumn worked at MNS Sheet Metal and focused on raising her two kids with her hubby Brian. The couple enjoyed outdoor activities together like camping and fishing. The couple pretty much loved being on the water. The party seemed like a normal gender reveal party, and a few of the guests decided to stay late that evening. At 10 p.m., a small gathering of about 12 people still remained in the home, watching a Spider-Man movie. Then, around 11 p.m., the door to the home opened and in stepped two hooded men holding guns. Before anyone had a chance to react, the men opened fire on the guests, shooting at least 14 rounds. The bullets struck nine guests, including Autumn Garrett, who'd been cuddled on the couch with her husband while all the kids sat on the floor. Oh, I know it's really, but it's really sad. But that's some bullshit. We should maybe find out what happens. Let's find out what happens, y'all. Someone called nine one one, and police arrived minutes after the shooting and found a baffling scene. Several of the partygoers met the officers in the yard of the home, screaming and panicking over what they had just experienced. The entire home was in chaos. As first responders rushed the wounded to the hospital, investigators started interviewing the witnesses. The partygoers told officials that the gunmen didn't try to rob anyone. They didn't ask for money or look for valuables or ask about a safe. 
They didn't say anything. They just walked in and shot. Authorities thought they had a big lead when they discovered a pistol laying in the front yard of the home. Maybe it belonged to the shooter and would lead them back to the gunman. Unfortunately, they determined that the gun actually belonged to Elijah Clemens, Cheyenne's boyfriend. In total, the men killed one person, 22-year-old Autumn Garrett, but injured eight other partygoers, three of them children. That's awful. Mm-hmm. The gunman also shot and wounded a family dog. Really? Yeah. How are you going to shoot the dog? I think that they weren't actually aiming. They were just like... Spraying bullets Yeah, everywhere. they were just like movie yeah. shooting. They just walked in and were like, pew, 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 pew. And then they ran away. That's terrible. Yeah. Also, they're like kind of bad at this. Yeah. It's like both terrible because they shouldn't... That should never happen ever. Yeah. Like it's a gender reveal party where 14 people... Not 14 people, but like 14 bullets are shot and nine people are, are shot. But... Also, like, what is what are you even doing? Like, yeah, you're just spraying bullets. Like, that's not even. It's not a movie. Yeah, like Quentin Tarantino is not directing this. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> that's that's true. Although I guess it works out that probably more people would have been hurt if they I know hadn't, if they were so. if they were like yeah yeah that's a good point. So maybe that that was fortuitous. I guess. Yes. All right. Two of the children belonged to Autumn Garrett, while the third was an eight-year-old boy. Of the adults injured, one of them included Autumn's husband, Brian Garrett. The others included Cheyenne's mother, 51-year-old Lori White, Cheyenne's boyfriend, 26-year-old Elijah Clemens, and 24-year-old Morgan Bradley. Autumn died from three gunshot wounds. Her husband lost his eyesight. In the one eye. In the one eye. Jesus and sustained brain damage from the bullet that hit him near his eye. He also had a gunshot to the wrist. Poor guy. Jesus Christ. Yep. The couple's three-year-old son was shot in his head and calf, and their one-year-old baby was shot in the arm and leg. That was Leia. 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 Sorry, Leia. I'm sorry. Fortunately, both babies recovered from their injuries. That, that That's good, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have been shot. But yeah. At least they recovered. Yeah. Don't shoot a toddler in the head. Like man. what is what is even happening there? Man, that's crazy. Yeah, like these these people are monsters. Straight straight to jail <laughs> with these people, man. Like this is ridiculous. Eight people are are nine people are shot in total. Cheyenne was shot in her thigh, but she made another announcement shortly after. And she announced after the shooting to the media that she actually had another loss because she said that her gunshot wound to her thigh had made her lose her baby. No. Oh, that's so terrible. Holy crap. All right. Police started investigating the mass shooting, but they soon hit a wall. Several of the partygoers refused to cooperate with them, and they got conflicting stories about what happened. According to authorities, they believed that the witnesses who wouldn't talk to them were part of local drug rings and feared being connected to those crimes. Yeah, they alleged that... The people at the party were connected to up to three different local drug rings. Really? Yeah. The only, just being real, if we're being honest with ourselves, they mostly solved this because Autumn Garrett was like out of, from out of town and not associated with drugs and also white. And so they were like, oh no, like we must fix this. But the police don't really seem to have a lot of respect for most of the people that were at the party, which is not cool. 
That's not cool. And at all. as we've established, not cool means especially horrifically bad. Yes, on, it does on this podcast. That's right. Um, so it that part sucks, but yeah, they're like they really want you to know about the drugs. It comes up a lot. Wow. Do they have any evidence at all about drugs, or is it just um, like yeah? There's there's definitely some at least some of these people are definitely involved with drugs. Okay. But so. like that's not like doesn't excuse this. Yeah, yeah. And also that's not the reason for the crime. So in case you're wondering, like, oh, is this just people shooting each other over drugs? No. Now, police did try to, re- like, go with that theory at first, but that's not what is happening. There's, like, a lot more coming. I got you. All right. Investigators had a hard time parsing out the truth, but they did learn one important detail fairly early in their investigation. It seemed suspicious that Cheyenne lost her baby during the incident, so they pulled at that onion. Under questioning, Cheyenne made a big admission. She wasn't pregnant. This lady threw herself a whole gender reveal party when she was not even pregnant. What? How do you even reveal a gender? Do you just make it up? That's crazy. I mean, yeah, legit. Like, do you just make it up? I mean, do, yeah. Like, do, do you put in there, like, surprise, not pregnant? I, I mean, guess. I don't know. <laughs> surprise, not pregnant. Like, like, like all, is it just empty? Yeah. Like, it's, just like a, it's just like a bunch of clear confetti that comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, it's all it's like, just like a bunch of alcohol. Yeah. It's like, an, you could do, like, a, a pinata, and it's like, is it a boy or a girl? Then, like, out comes, like, a bunch yeah. of, like. The little airplane alcohol. Yes. On, like, like, little parachutes. And you're like, yay. <laughs> Yeah, yes, alcohol's here. Ooh. They get there and you're serving like sushi and soft cheeses because you can't have that when you're pregnant. Aaron doesn't know that. Um, I only know from just proximity. But, but like, yeah, that's what they're serving and people are confused. It's like, why is there a margarita machine? It's a gender reveal. Like, are you not drinking it? And then you're like, surprise. Like, yes. I lied, yeah. but I'm throwing a really great party, right. so you hand me mad. You pull the pillow out from under your shirt, and you're like, surprise, yeah. it's not a baby bump. I feel like <laughs> if you are, like, accidentally somehow have trapped yourself in a fake faking your pregnancy plan, rather than, like, commit any crimes to get out of it, like these idiots that try to steal babies and stuff, just throw a trigger reveal party and then make it epic and reveal that you weren't pregnant, and then people can't be mad. Yeah, because you give them free drinks yeah. in, a, in a swag bag. You're like, you can't be mad now. Like, I had it was an oopsie. Won't do it again. <laughs> it was just one. It was an oopsie. Got away from me. Like I was having a really bad week. Like I don't even. Like I, I got myself in too deep. Like we've all had those moments. Not like this, but yep, <laughs> we've true. all had an oopsie. <laughs> Here's a margarita. <laughs> it's like it's hard to even have your drinking. I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, I just like. What? Man. Yeah. That's a crazy twist. Yeah. So the shooting occurred at this fake gender reveal party. So right. that's where we're at in the story now. It's like, who did this though? <laughs> right. So. The FBI comes in. Yeah. The FBI comes in. They're helping local investigators work this case. And progress is slow. However, authorities made a big announcement nearly a year and a half after the mass shooting. On December 11th, 2018. Authorities officially indicted three suspects in the murders. These men included 23-year-old James Eccles, 28-year-old Roshan Bishop, and 21-year-old Michael Sannon. Later, in August 2019, they also arrested Vandell Slade, whom they charged with murder, attempted murder, and felonious assault. During their investigation, authorities unraveled a crazy plot that sounds almost like a movie. Based on the evidence and statements, here's what the police believe happened. 
21-year-old Cheyenne was dating Elijah Clemens and told everyone that she was pregnant. Presumably Elijah's baby. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a fake baby. But, but I mean, I guess you assume it's Elijah's because Elijah was having the party at his house. Yeah. So he probably thought it was his baby. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, that that would that would track, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On July 8th, 2017, Cheyenne and Elijah hosted a gender reveal party at Elijah's home and invited about 30 people, including Cheyenne's mother and her cousin Autumn. Unbeknownst to everyone but Cheyenne, this was a fake gender reveal party because she wasn't really pregnant. But that wasn't the only lie that Cheyenne had been telling. She wasn't only dating Elijah. She was also dating Roshan Bishop, who was a married man. Yeah. So there's like two potential dads for this fake baby. For this baby. fake baby. It's not even a real baby. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm that part. I feel bad for laughing because there's a horrible crime that's occurring in the background of this. But, like, this lady has two dudes and one pretend baby and, like, a paternity <laughs> crisis. And I'm just like, just stop lying about the baby. Like, I, I understand that she has had some trauma in her past, but I. <laughs> this is yeah. just crazy. This makes no sense. Like, this girls, is wild. no, don't do this. Yes, right. legit. On the day of the fake gender reveal, which nobody else knows is fake, which is the crazy. That's the, the wildest part to me. I'm, I can't get over it, y'all. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> that like this plan that Roshan is cooking up is happening on the day of a fake gender reveal. It's just like ridiculous. Like it's so okay. Sorry, continue, yeah. Aaron. Oh no, it's com- it's completely <laughs> ridiculous. So on the day of the fake gender reveal, Roshan sent hired hitmen to Elijah's house to kill Cheyenne. Hired hitmen. Yeah, there's hitmen now. Wow. That's what I was saying. Like, this doesn't even sound... It sounds so... Like, if you made this into a movie, we would make fun of it because there, people would be like, there's no way that... Okay, yeah. sorry. I'm, I know I'm <laughs> not talking clearly exactly, but there's a Lifetime movie that Aaron and I watched, and I forget what it was even about, like, is the main thing. I think it was like a husband was trying to, like, trick his wife and thinking that she murdered someone because he murdered someone. Oh, and he was, I like, know, trying to get away I with it. I know the one you're talking about. So he about, was, like, yeah. brainwashing his wife and thinking she murdered this lady that he was, he was cheating on her with, and then he murdered. Okay, and then I think he tries to kill their kid or something. Anyway, but the, the craziest part is is that sh- the wife escapes prison in the movie and it's the stupidest it's like the most ridiculous yes. prison escape and I don't I just remember there's one part where she's like hiding behind a car or something it's like the most ridiculous movie and we watched all of it because you just can't stop watching it yeah it's like it's like when you're watching a sci-fi movie and they're intentionally making it bad it's like that it's like sometimes Lifetime is like you know what to expect here we're gonna make this as, as garbage as possible and you're gonna watch all of it that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. And this is what I feel like with this story. It's like you get to the gender reveal, and then it's a fake. And then there's like a hitman, and you're like, this doesn't even seem real. Yeah. Like, these people are not real people. Yeah, like this, it's, the truth is stranger than fiction in this yeah. case, for real. Because, like, you would never make anything like this up. No, it's and, fucking crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. They're just twist after yeah. twist in this. And just also, if, if she weren't dating Rashawn Bishop at any point during this, yeah. then it also would have been less crazy. But the fact that she has a pretend pregnancy with two dudes involved, that itself is already crazy. Yeah. And then when you put all the rest of it on here. And yeah. there's there's more. There's more stuff. Yeah. Like, we're not even done and we've already had like 12 twists. I know. It's ridiculous. So the hitman arrive at the house and Bishop drove with them. And there was also a fourth man with them. That was his cousin, Vandell Slade. And they drove together. All right. The entire time, 
Cheyenne had been the intended target. Instead, the inept hitmen, 23-year-old James Eccles and 21-year-old Michael Sannon, randomly shot into the room and killed the wrong person. Authorities believe the pair thought they'd killed everyone in the room, which they allege was their plan. There's no way to know for sure if that's really what they wanted to do, though. Yeah, based on the evidence, the police believe that they had just thought they would just burst in the house, kill everyone in the house, including Cheyenne, and then just bird out. Wow, that's an awful plan. I know. Also, like, don't do that, first of all. That's mean and terrible. There's kids in there, yeah. innocent people, like Autumn and her family, literally did nothing wrong to any of these people. We're just happy to be in town yeah. for to celebrate a, a relative's pretend event and, like, her pretend milestone. And this guy, like, they're just trying to kill them for no reason. It's so mean. Yeah, I mean... Don't kill anybody, but if you're hired to kill one person, yeah, why would you add 13 other murder charges? Exactly. To, to I'm just so confused. <laughs> it's like, I'm just imagining other hitmen like, okay, well, we know this person lives in the state of Oklahoma. Like, let's just get an asteroid and hit it. Like, I'm like, no. Like, what are you doing? First of all, don't take hitman jobs, but also. Yeah. Plus, honestly, like, if you're going to be a professional hitman, you don't do 13 jobs for free. I know. That's a good point. <laughs> that's also, that's just bad. <laughs> That's just bad business. This is bad business. Also, I'm so we're bad. I'm, I'm going to hell we're for that. We're monsters in I'm this episode. To, I'm so sorry. I'm I so feel sorry. really bad. Like if this is your Fuck. first episode, we're not like we're not monsters. Yeah, we're. We've had a really hard week. We have. Had, I've had a really hard. I've been sick for three <laughs> weeks. Uh, a bunch of bad stuff happened to me. I'm just like not like this, but like yeah, regular bad like stuff. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like. I'm sorry. We're just laughing. We're laughing at people's pain. Not really. We're laughing at how stupid this is. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're not laughing at the victims. We're, we're laughing just, at these idiot killers. We're, yes, we're laughing at the idiot killers They're and we're mocking dumb. them. That's They're what we're. So dumb. That's what we're doing. They're very, very dumb. Yeah. All right. The district attorney charged Eccles with aggravated murder, eight counts of attempted murder, nine counts of felonious assault, and aggravated burglary. Eccles wasn't exactly a stranger to murder accusations, though. In August of 2017, a month after the gender reveal shooting, police arrested Eccles on suspicion of another murder. They suspected him of shooting a 19-year-old man and 20-year-old woman, killing the man. However, the authorities never charged him with the murder, and he walked free. I'm not sure if that's because he was innocent or if because they were just like, this too hard, and they, weren't, they didn't care as much about these victims. It could happen. I mean, we've seen that happen before. I mean, yeah. Sadly, you know, mm-hmm. it's true. Uh, they also charged Sannon with aggravated murder, attempted murder, felonious assault, and aggravated burglary. And Bishop faced charges with murder, attempted murder, and felonious assault. At the time of his charge, he was already incarcerated on charges of drug trafficking and weapons charges. Eccles and Sannon went on trial together in January of 2022. The prosecution presented their murder-for-hire case, and Roshan Bishop actually testified for the prosecution. He claimed that he paid Eccles and Sanon $1,500 to kill Cheyenne. Yeah, which feels cheap. That's very cheap. I mean, like, is that all All that that's... I don't know. That's, that's like the lowest deal. Like the cops on all those Hitman shows. I finished that Hitman series, by the way, for anyone who was listening on that episode where I told you on Peacock, there's a show about people trying to hire Hitman. I watched all of them. I'm sad. But <laughs> they charge more than that. I think it's usually around five grand. Although I guess if a Hitman's trying to charge you five grand, they're probably a cop. <laughs> Just based on, although don't do that. You should definitely 
offer to pay that money. You should totally pay them. Yes. And go to jail. Straight to jail. Enjoy, enjoy prison. Enjoy prison. Because don't be trying to kill people. That's right. right. According to Bishop, he found the two hitmen through his cousin Vandell Slade, who was a member of a gang. Just, I was not going to say the gang at first, but he's allegedly, based on his history, he's a member of the Crips. The four men then drove to the house the night of the party, and Bishop pointed it out to the gunman, who went in alone. Additionally, Bishop testified that he's the one who burned the t-shirts the two men used as hoods during the crime. He says he burned them in an outdoor grill, which explained why investigators couldn't, couldn't find the clothing they wore. He testified without having any deal in place, so he's still going to be prosecuted for the mass shooting, which is good. Mm-hmm. At, the, at this time, he's serving jail time for his drug and weapons charges, so the district attorney decided to try him after Eccles and Sannon. For their part, Eccles and Sannon argued that they hadn't committed the shooting, and their attorneys pointed out that there wasn't any physical evidence tying them to the crime. Rather, Bishop had all the motive and was pointing at Eccles and Sannon so he'd get a lighter sentence. Keep in mind, though, that that could be true, theoretically. But we know there were two men, and also Rashawn Bishop had really no reason to testify because he's he might be hoping to get a lighter sentence. But he's still getting prosecuted, and he didn't have any sort of deal when he, when he testified. And he's implicated himself on the stand. Yeah. So, so it's kind of risky for him to do that. He's going to jail. Yeah. Better be, anyway. So when it came down to the motive for Rashawn Bishop... Eccles and Sandin actually said that it wasn't the affair. So, like, at first, when I was, when I started diving into this case, I assumed that the reason why he hired her was because, or not hired her, the reason why he wanted to kill Cheyenne was because he was having this extramarital affair and she was telling everyone she was pregnant. And even though Elijah thought it was his baby and everyone assumed it was Elijah's baby, if you're Roshan, you know there's a possibility that that could be your baby because you're also sleeping with her. But... According to Eccles and Sannon, the actual motive is because Cheyenne had loaned Bishop $10,000 and he didn't want to pay it back. Wow, that's the motive? Yeah. Okay, that makes even less sense. That's crazy. Yeah. While on the stand, Bishop actually admitted to both the affair and the loan. And he explained that the money was to buy drugs so that he could sell them. That was literally what he was going to do. He was, like, trying to, like, double his money by buying a bunch of drugs and selling them. Wow. Yeah. And he had a business partner that was not named. And that business partner is the one that didn't want to repay Cheyenne. So they knew that Cheyenne was kind of, like, coming at them for the money. So they decided that instead of repaying her, they would just hire a budget hitman to kill her. Wow. That's a stupid plan. Yep. That's a Mm -hmm. really... Really stupid plan. It's so dumb. And also, at trial, in addition to having this testimony, Sanon and Eccles had said they were not in the area of the shooting, but investigators found cell phone evidence that they were in Colerain Township. Authorities were also able to show that they were both connected to the gang as well. So that is how Slade could have known them, to recommend them to his cousin. That makes sense. Also, my favorite part of the evidence against Eccles, I have to tell you this, is letters that he tried to send. I feel like this is another layer of the Lifetime movie that needs to be made about this case. Right. Okay, so while he was in jail, investigators intercepted some jail mail from Eccles where he was asking someone 
to find people to act as a fake alibi for him. And he was warning like five people, so that I guess it'd be more believable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's not exactly like a smoking gun. Like that in itself is not like, oh my god, he's guilty. But yeah. like it's it interesting. It don't look good though. No. And it's just it's just so hilarious. Like I just it reminds me of what was it was it the last case we did where the guy kept trying to give people advice? Uh-huh. Yep. And then it's like it you are bad at this. this. Like yeah. stop trying to help other people commit crimes. Like you are not good at it. Also, don't commit crimes. That's correct, yeah. But, yeah, so this is just, like, pretty evidence of his bad at being bad at crimes. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. In January of 2022, a jury convicted James Eccles of all 22 of his charges. In February of 2022, a judge sentenced him to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 41 years. The jury also convicted Michael Shannon on only one count of attempted murder and acquitted him of the other charges. The judge sentenced him to 11 years in prison. Bishop and Slade are still awaiting trial in prison where the court held them on $1 million bonds. Also, I apologize that they are not that those two cases are not resolved. We'll have to update you. I thought they were because I've been following this case since like the beginning of the podcast because it's a fake gender reveal party mass shooting like that's insane, right? But I thought, I knew the other two had been convicted. And I was like, oh, it's all done. And then I realized that I was wrong, but it was too late for me to change my mind. So this is what we're doing today anyway, and we'll just keep our eye on it. I don't have a good feeling about Bishop getting out just because of the fact that he already said in court that he did all these things. Yeah, he going to jail, y'all. Yeah, and for Slade, we don't know for sure. Because, like, I feel like the case against him is not super strong, but chances are his cousin is going to testify against him. Yeah. So he might, he might get some sort of conviction, but we'll have to see what happens with that. But it feels like he's kind of tangential to the case. So he was arrested much later than everyone else. And it doesn't really seem like they have anything, but really his cousin's statement that he was the go between. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like he has kind of a strong case, I guess at court, depending on what, what else they're able to present. Agreed. Maybe they have some phone records or something, though, that are going to make him look really guilty. Yep. Regardless, at the center of this case, we have Autumn Garrett, who is only 22 years old, which is, like, barely an adult. Yeah, and so she, young. And, you know, with her husband, with her kiddos, having a job, loving her family. Apparently, she was, like, really into church stuff. And just having a nice life and just went to go help her cousin and celebrate this moment for her. Which was, which, I mean, she didn't know it was fake. Yeah, she didn't know it was fake. And then she gets shot. It's also just so sad because, like, if her, if Cheyenne hadn't lied, which it's not Cheyenne's fault. I mean, Cheyenne's, it's her fault for lying and being terrible with the pregnancy, but it's not her fault about the shooting. But, like, if she had just, like, not lied about being pregnant, chances are Autumn would be alive. Yeah, because she wouldn't have been there. Yeah, it's just so sad. It's just, like, mega sad. It's terribly sad. It's really sad. And also, Elijah got caught up in this. And also, he gets, like, a lot of the news source, sources kind of like shit all over Elijah because he had had a past criminal record for like some drug offenses. And I'm like, is that really necessary? We don't know what he's doing right now in his life, but also he's a victim right now. Like all he was doing was trying to celebrate his imaginary baby. He didn't know that was a fake baby or that his girlfriend was cheating on him, presumably. And I just felt bad for him too. And also her mom, because Cheyenne's mom got shot at this. And also probably would have been shot if her daughter hadn't lied. But also she probably thought she was having a grandbaby. 
and also probably mourn that grandbaby when she when she found out that it had fake died. Probably so. That is so messed up. Yeah. I really hope they got Shannon some therapy so that she doesn't do this shit again. Yeah, legit. Also, one of the things that I think is interesting about this is when you hear that there's like a gender reveal party for an imaginary baby, you're like, oh no, is she going to kill some poor lady or try to kidnap somebody's baby? And, and then you're like, oh good, she didn't. Oh wait, there's still deaths. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's bad. But anyway, I am like fascinated by this. I'm, I can't believe it's not on more things. Just yeah. being real. It's pretty wild. This is a this is one of the twistiest, turniest cases I that know. we've had. I'm still like, just the odds of there being hitmen at a fake gender reveal party. I know. That's so insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's already like weird that it would be at a regular gender reveal party, but like for it to be a fake one. Yeah. I'm so obsessed. It's crazy. Legitimate. It's so legitimately crazy. Okay, cool. Well, I am very grateful for all of you for listening and for being patient with my voice, which is coming back. I can sort of talk. Just a few days ago, I couldn't talk at all. So this is definitely some progress. Absolutely it is. Yep. And also, um, if you heard our recommendation of the Knife or Death um, sword show with the knives and the chopping, we watched all of them. We ran out of those. Um, As you know from me talking about it and from me not being able to talk, I've been sick, so we've been doing a lot of binge-watching as I've recovered, and now we're actually going to watch regular Forge and Fire, which I had previously just watched episodes here and there, but we've been watching it straight, and it's actually it's very engrossing. Yeah, it's very interesting. We've learned a lot of facts. We've learned a lot of facts. We've seen a lot of cool like stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of people who do not care about safety. No. I mean, honestly, the, the amount of, like, of safety issues on that show is yep. really startling and honestly I if you do blade working or blacksmithing or any of that stuff mm-hmm. be safe be safe like, <laughs> like we just, just be we safe. start a second podcast where we're just like it's just called be safe and we just talk about <laughs> things that we think are unsafe and we are like not the people that should be talking about that because <laughs> like there's video evidence of us trying to light fires in our fire pit <laughs> which are not safe we would have to <laughs> condemn ourselves for that because it I is forgot. hard to light fires. Look, I forgot about that. Yeah. I I completely forgot about that. I know. I, Aaron's dad almost disowned us. Apparently, he really cares about fire safety. Look, my dad does take fire safety very seriously. He was, and, like, embarrassed that, that Aaron went to Boy Scouts and didn't know how to start fires. Yeah. They, my dad had a, lot of, had a lot of feelings that day. Yeah, he really <laughs> did. He was like, I can't. I can't accept you anymore. Look, my, my dad was, he was probably flashing back on like all the years of hard work raising me and like bust, you know, like working so hard to try to like keep me alive and turn me into a, like a fully functioning human being. Mm-hmm. And then he saw that video and was like, damn it. I could have bought a boat and like gone on vacation and like sailed around yeah. the world. And instead, and I, stuff. instead I had this kid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like I have that moment a lot. Well, my mom no longer obviously is here, which is sad. My dad has had that moment the most with me. And there's one that pops in my head that I may have talked about on here. But when I was like, when I forget, when I was in, I think it was like when I was in college, but I was like, like a freshman or a sophomore, I had found a car magnet that's, that was like for late. It was like a pink and like hearts and flowers and shit that said, I, I heart porn on it. And I thought this was the funniest shit, y'all. I thought this was hysterical that I was going to put this on my car because it's so funny and ironic and I'm the cool girl. So, you know how you are when you're like 19. So, like, I put this on my car and I'm like, hee 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 hee, so fucking funny. 
And then I was getting my car fixed and at this like car fixing place. That's what it's called. And I'm like reading one of my, my like English school books. Cause like I did English and this guy comes in, he's like old as hell and like real gross and like all grimy from working on cars and stuff. And he's like, Hey girl, you the one who likes porn. And I was like, Oh my God, help. <laughs> so later that day, my dad had to come help me. Cause like I, my car was more broken than I thought. And I had to go to like a different, it was like a whole deal. And so my dad eventually had to drive over to come help me fix this car situation. And he had like already seen the I, I heart porn thing before when I was like doing laundry at my parents' house. It was already like, absolutely not. But I was, you know, very headstrong and a, and a real adult, you know. So I was like, no, daddy, you can't tell me what to do. And so as he was leaving, he was like, I just paid for your car to get fixed. I'm taking the porn magnet. And I was like, <laughs> okay, dad. Like, I was so relieved that my dad made me take it off the car. He, like, made me take it and give it to him. And I was like, if you insist, daddy, I guess I'll take off the porn magnet. But in my heart, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Because I'm going to have to take this porn magnet off and admit defeat. So um, I realized then that it's not that funny. I feel like as a lady, this is, like, an issue that we all have. Yeah. Sometimes you see things that are fucking hysterical and then you realize that men are going to make it inappropriate. Like yeah. the other day I was scrolling on Facebook cause I do that too when I'm sick and the, I was being advertised a shirt cause I like cats that says, show me the kitties. And it had like two little cat faces like over your boobs. And I was like, Oh, that's so cute. I might get that for like sometimes. And then I thought, Nope, because if I have big boobs, you guys, if I wear a shirt around that says, show me the kitties, people are going to feel like it's an invitation to be nasty to me. Because I've encountered, I've made that mistake before. And <laughs> this isn't my first rodeo, you guys. So, yeah, it's like it sucks that like sometimes there's like little funny things like that. That as like a person of female presentingness, you really can't put that on. Because someone's going to be all gross or sexual assaulty about it. And it, that's really terrible. That really is. And honestly, as a gender men or we we need to do better. I'm just I'm just saying, like Aww. men men as a gender, we got we got some work to do on ourselves. Um, I so yeah. This is my vote to say we need to do better. Aaron's voting on this. He's got his <laughs> thumbs up. He's like, Look. vote for me, guys. We're gonna Look. not make we're not gonna make gross cat pussy jokes. Oh my god. It works on both levels because it's showing me the kitties with the boob stickers and they're also plus. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm sorry if that offended you with the oopsie that I, I'm going to stop talking right now because <laughs> I barely even can talk. I'm going to use all my voice <laughs> to talk about this cat shirt. Okay. Anyway. Uh, all right, y'all. Look, we're, I think we're going we gonna to wrap it up for this week. We love you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Yes, we thank appreciate you. you. You are the lifeblood of this podcast. You are you amazing. You really are. Like, if you guys ever stop listening, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I need you in my life. Yes, absolutely. Check us out online. You can find us at Bad Axe Pod at anything that yeah. we're on all the social medias. We're at Gmail. We're on the website. Yeah, Bad Axe Pod. Pod. We got an email from Caroline or Carol. I don't know if you say your name, Caroline or Caroline, but. Yes. We, you, got, we got an email and it was yes. nice. You sent us an email. We appreciate it. The rest of our listeners also sent us an email. Nice emails. 
Don't send us any nasty emails. Yeah, I cannot Uh, emotionally handle that right now. Yeah, send us nice emails. It's been a a rough week. Send us some love. We we send you our love. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.